Inside the 18 live from United Soccer Coaches Convention in Baltimore, Maryland. I almost said Baltimore, California. <laughs> I'm just so used to saying California. This is the California. third podcast in a row, and we're, uh, we're going for it. We're going for it. We're going for it. I'm Michael Majid. Uh, with me is a Pro GK Academy celebrity superstar, Omar <laughs> Zini. And joining us uh, for the first time on the podcast is uh, Ball State alum. Yes. Tristan Studeville. Tristan, what's up? Not much. It's kind of crazy to be an alum now, this but is, yeah. I, well, I mean, you got a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff going on right now. I mean, we're, we're going to get into it in this episode here. Tristan's not only just here just uh, for the NWSL draft, but she's also going to be uh, speaking yes. uh, here. Uh, she's a member of the 30 Under 30 community. Congratulations on that. Thank that is, you so much. That is unreal, and we're going to get into that in a second. But first off, just like I always say at the beginning of every episode, please thank you and thank you and thank you to all of you who've been rating, reviewing, and subscribing. You guys are absolutely amazing. Up to 130 reviews domestic, uh, 135 worldwide, because uh, the last two that we did before was the exact same thing. So I'm guessing in the last three hours, maybe we've gotten a couple more reviews. We're going to have to check, it, check we'll and see. We'll see. I'll check yeah. my phone and I might review. Yeah, yeah there you go. Oh, more. <laughs> check it. Tristan, you can leave a review. Uh, <laughs> guys, I'd love to. Thank you for doing that, guys. It really means a lot to us. Please make sure you leave your Instagram or Twitter handle in the body so we can send you out your prize. A lot of you leave your Apple podcast sign-in ID, and we have no idea who that is. We were talking about that earlier with uh, Danny Sapero for NYCFC. We had Goalkeeping from Afar, I think, was one of the people, which is, I think, a beautiful title. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to always continue to use that one because I think it's a great example because it, it sounds so poetic the way that person <laughs> did it, Goalkeeping from Afar. But I don't know who that is. So make sure it's Please, Instagram or Twitter handle. Um, this is also how people find us. So the more reviews we get, the more goalkeepers we reach, the more stories we can share and learn from one another. Again, it's not a selfish thing, uh, guys. It's not because uh, because we need uh, all the accolades and everything like that. It's because literally we move up the rankings, which means more people find us, which means that we build the goalkeeping community even bigger, which is what this whole episode today is going to be about, our goalkeeper community and doing great things in our goalkeeper community. Um, but first off, I want to get to a listener review because this one's really fantastic. Uh, I absolutely love this one. It goes, fantastic listen for all aspiring goalkeepers, five stars. Pretty good start. It goes, really love listening to the guys. Well, there's also Saskia, so say gals too, talking about all the aspects of goalkeeping. Great depth and knowledge would recommend for all young goalkeepers that want to go far in the game, exclamation point. And that comes from James Pilkington, otherwise known as the left-footed goalkeeper on social media, who you guys have may, may have seen out there. So thanks, James, for that. And uh, we actually might be mentioning uh, James in the future uh, uh, in, in regards to some other other things that are going on. So uh, shout-out to you, James. Uh, keep killing it out there. And uh, I think it's in the Indiana area that he's at right now. Um, speaking of Indiana, speaking of the Midwest, we're going to get into today's topic with Tristan Studeville. Uh We're talking about giving back while the game still gives to you. Um, Tristan, you run the PS90 camps. You're involved with the PS90 camps. You did KC goalkeeping, which was a nonprofit in the Kansas City area for, for uh, underserved youth, uh, a free program. This is absolutely phenomenal. First off, for our, our audience out there who might not be familiar with these two programs, I know we are completely in-depth with it because I, I researched it uh, online the entire time uh, for the last three days. Um, and I spoke to you last week. Not last week, last year. Sorry, guys, third podcast in a row. <laughs> last year uh, when you had your cast on, what is PS90 and what was KC Goalkeeping? Yeah, so KC Goalkeeping, I started, I think I was 12. Um, you know, I grew up in the club environment, and I watched my parents pay for club fees, coaching fees, tournament fees, basically 
all the fees in the world. But on top of that, they were also paying for goalkeeper coaching fees, which in the Kansas City area can be anywhere from 75 to $100 an hour. Um, and so at that time, I was like, there's no way that everybody can afford this. And there has to be kids that are missing out on this because their parents can't afford it. And so um, I started Casey Goalkeeping, and it it's a nonprofit organization, but um, we don't charge players a dime. We want to meet players where they're at, and it's completely free for them and their families, and it doesn't matter how old they are, um, their skill level, area in the city, um, we'll train them for free. Um, we just wanted to give back to the community and make sure that there weren't kids missing out on these opportunities to get involved, not only in soccer, but in the position of goalkeeping as well. Um, and so now we have PS90, which we started um, this past year, we started working on. Um, which started because we started to take a look at the residential camp environment in the United States. Um, I've been pretty heavily involved in the residential. Hold on, camps. how old are you? Fifty-two? <laughs> no. I mean, my gosh, this is this is <laughs> unbelievable. Everything you're saying right now just makes me go like, man, what have I accomplished with my life? <laughs> no, I'm 24. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty young, but I'm just trying to give back however I can within the soccer community. I mean, it, soccer's given me so much um, opportunities and just so so many connections as well um, so it's important for me to find ways to give back to what gave me so much so let, let's talk about ps90 for a second because you yeah. were just getting into that you were talking about the, the residential camp environment right. so from what i was gathering with ps90 is it's coaches doing coaching correct so, so it's college players mm -hmm. doing coaching um people who are still playing the game basically and the, the, is the whole concept basically is that as opposed to people who used to play the game it's people that are still currently going through what you're going through um a little bit okay. we do have some um coaches on staff that are done playing uh we want to have our staff is built um with current and former college and professional players we want to keep our staff at a pretty high level, everybody's going to be licensed. Um, we're working with United Soccer Coaches to make sure that our coaches get put on the licensing pathway and um, that we continue to be as knowledgeable as possible in the game because it is evolving every day. And we want to make sure that we are meeting players where they're at and that we're giving them as much information as we can. Um, but yeah, we want to keep our staff at a high level. And um, yeah. I think that's awesome, honestly. I think that's the. Uh like so many kids slip through the cracks in right. terms of uh, just kind of not being seen and not having the, the financial, like it's a fair play kind of whole thing. Yes. And it's just tough because you see even now how flawed the system is, the United States system, and, and obviously not making the World Cup was like a huge wake-up call to let everybody know this is what we need to do. Right. And we actually spoke to somebody, um, she was on, the, I forget her name, from Brazil. Oh, uh, uh, Aline Heiss. Yeah, Aline Heiss. And I asked her, I was like, so what's going on in Brazil? Like I remember you guys used to be, the futsal people, the ones who are on the beach all the time. Right. I was just like, honestly, I think technology is kind of like kind of hindering the development of some of our players because yeah. instead of them going around and kicking the ball, now they're on their phones. Now they're on their, you know, the watching TV and doing a lot of different stuff. So, right. you know, you see how that's impeding over there. But like the technology in Brazil is kind of how us here is the financial means that you have to have right. to be able to actually step into these environments. Absolutely. And unless you're with the academy or unless you're with a, a team that has the financial means to support you yeah it's very difficult for that so i think that's important to to kind of have that little uh, pathway that is not the general pathway in the, here in the states it's a different right. one and i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who play field and are like i'm gonna go goalkeeping so i can get free training yeah but i think that's i think that's awesome that you guys are doing that and i think that you have you've had the awareness to create that and kind of put your own ego and self aside in terms of the financial gain that you could have yeah uh, it's pretty awesome so and, and being at so, such a young age that's um it says a lot about you and i think that um 
there's a reason why you're 30 under 30. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Congratulations on the 30 under 30. And for those of you guys who are not familiar with the 30 under 30, why don't you tell a little bit of our audience about th what 30 under 30 means, other than sounding really cool? Because <laughs> it sounds cool. Yeah, absolutely. So 30 under 30 is a great program that United Soccer Coaches puts on. Um, you know, the application process usually starts in the fall, um, and they usually get quite a few applicants, from my understanding. Um, but they really want to hear coaches' stories. They really want to hear about who the individual is and not necessarily who they know. And so I think they take a lot of time to sit down and, and kind of go through that. But it's a great group of people, and um, they put us in, in contact with a great group of mentors. So I've been um, privileged to be partnered with Celia Slater, who's with True News True North Sports, sorry, and um, she actually coaches coaches through her organization. No way. And yeah, so it's really, really cool. Um, I've I learned a lot from I need her. some coaching. <laughs> yeah, Celia, she runs camps for coaches. So coaches actually go to her um, camps, and it's like little workshops. They have workshops for assistant coaches, head coaches, um, but it's all sports as well. So it's, it's a really cool environment, really cool program, um, but she's been a great mentor for me, and like I said, there's a great group of people involved in it as well, so it's just been a really good experience. You started so young as a, as a coach. Like, how, how old did you start as a coach, and, and how did your coaching career even come about? Because for those of you guys unfamiliar who are, who are listening to the podcast or are watching this right now, Tristan's in the draft tomorrow. Like, she's a <laughs> high-level player. She's not just, Thanks. like, some high school keeper that was like, you know what, I think I'm <laughs> going to try coaching. You know, like, she's, like, she's the legit. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I, I got – started in coaching um like i said when i was about 12 just realizing that the wait at 12 years old you got into coaching yeah i started looking at like i said what the the fees people were paying and like how i could get involved in the sport and and give back and when i started casey goalkeeping i was playing for vlako andonovsky who is the new u.s oh, women's oh, national I think team coach. I, I, if, if our audience doesn't know who vlako <laughs> is then then they're probably not listening to this podcast he <laughs> is an amazing coach and and even more amazing person but um, I played club for him all growing up until we we won ECNL national championship I mean it was a great great experience my youth club career was was great I had a great time um, but he really kind of took me under my wing or under his wing and put me on that path and you know with Casey goalkeeping what was great is he allowed me to bring it back to the club and he trusted me with our club goalkeepers, and that's kind of how it started. Is that Wait, hold on. You ran the goalkeeper sessions as a kid. I did. For your club. Yeah. I don't Jeez. even know what to say. <laughs> other than I, I think we might be in this like in the presence of a prodigy. It's like <laughs> no. well, all I'm, all I'm, I'm thinking. You, you ran not only that, you ran Vladko's <laughs> Academy trade goalkeeper training se sessions. Like that. Do you realize how how insane that sounds? That <laughs> sounds like something that a crazy person like on the street was <laughs> telling them, you know, because they'd be like, yeah, sure. All right. Whatever. It'd be like, say, yeah, it's like and David De Gea is like my brother. It's like totally like, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And people would look at me and they'd be like, yeah, he's definitely not my brother. <laughs> no, I, I mean, Vlaco was was a big part of me starting coaching. I, I went and got my licenses um, through United Soccer Coaches. Um, I just wanted to be able to give kids that I was working with the best information I could and then um, you know I grew up through soccer plus camps so I had a mentor in Tony DeChico and you know I'd work with Jeez. him every summer and he kind of helped me stay on the path of coaching and make sure that you know I knew what doors were open for me and yeah. that I knew that this was something that I could do at, like long term and so um, Tony really helped guide me as well 
through the coaching path. And, and I think that, you know, there have been a number of, of great influences and people I've been privileged to work with through the years, like Lisa Cole and Leslie Gallimore and, you know, Tracy Noonan, who is one of my biggest mentors right now. So they've been huge, huge role models for me and, and really helped me get get where I am today. That's amazing. I mean, I feel like I honestly kind of want to like, is it cool if like I touch you like this? Because yeah. I think it's like a Midas <laughs> touch, you know, where like all of a sudden everything's just transferred over to you, that type, no. type of a thing. Like, or like a Buddha, like you rub it. Or something <laughs> like that. How does this work exactly? I mean, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Okay. So let's talk about this because this is something that Omar and I have both had difficulty with in the past um, is balancing the coaching and the playing career. Yeah. You know, I think that's one of the things that I struggled with personally is I felt that like if I started coaching that I was going to that playing was going to be on the back burner or like, Oh, that's what just old players do. Like when they're, when they, when they can't play anymore, like you coach type of thing. Like I remember this, uh, this PDL team told me one day, I was like, oh, man, I'm really looking forward to this season. They're like, yeah, we'd love to have you on the coaching staff. I'm like, oh, that's not, that was not the word I was looking for. That was not the word I was looking for. So how the heck do you balance the two? Time management. <laughs> that has been uh, huge for me through the years. It's just it is a balancing act, and you have to make sure that you are spending an adequate amount of time on both and that your priorities are in line and that you understand that there is a difference between playing and coaching but that they can coexist and that – there's a lot you can take from both. I think, you know, when I started coaching, I mean, I think anybody can say as a coach, you learn a lot from, as a coach coaching others because you're able to break things down and see it a little bit differently. Um, but as a player, you know, you're in situations. You see yourself in situations that others might find themselves in. And so you're able to take that knowledge and you can say, hey, I saw this through your eyes. So here's what I saw. Here's how we can, you know, attack that a little bit differently. And um, I think you can take stuff from each side. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's the importance of uh, – we talk about it all the time, and it's like a broken record we say it, but, like, the fact that you can coach while, while, coach while you're still playing is so important. Yeah. Because you realize um, just there, there are certain things that you as a player can prioritize sometimes in your head of this is the most important thing as a goalkeeper. Then you step into the coaching world and you go, oh, man, that's not priority at all. Right. And then you change while you're still playing and you go – It's helped me become a better player, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I'm a, I feel like I'm a better player now – um, well, okay, maybe not now compared to like at 21. <laughs> like I, I was a better player at 25 <laughs> than uh, because of coaching. Absolutely. Than, than yeah. I was at 18 or 19. Especially too, yeah. for example, like, you know, growing up, I was taught proper technique, proper technique, hold on to everything. And then, you know, it's kind of like how the game is not changed, but the soccer balls that we have now, like are probably better than the ones back in the day. But even nowadays, those balls vary and, and move right. like crazy. Kids know how to shoot the ball. Like it, dip, yeah. it dips and moves on in the air. So, Sometimes when you have that one-track mind as a coach, you go, yeah, you have to hold everything. That's what I want to see. If you're not holding anything, it's bad. Then you step into playing again. You're like, oh, okay, killing the ball in a, in a good space is probably just as good as trying to hold the ball. Right. But you don't have that, that, that awareness or that wherewithal of how the game is changing or to kind of be able to adapt with it until Absolutely. you step into both worlds. Yeah. Especially, too, like as a player. And, and again, we talked about with uh, with Danny right now, and he was saying that the importance of the independent player, like independent learner who really takes that initial step and has the incentive to say, hey, coach, I really want to learn, or can you be my mentor? Right. And I think that's the, probably the reason, probably the, the reason why you are where you are is because we were all in, the, in your position at one point, and we were kind of hesitant to ask people because of how it would make them feel, hey, I don't want to, I don't, I don't mean to bother you, 
But as you get older, you become a coach. You go, oh, my God, if you want to learn and you're willing to learn and you want to call me and ask me and that's like you're the one taking the initiative to do that. Yeah. Heck, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to do that because I love either passing information or like breaking it down to help anybody get better at Same, it. Same. Yes. And that's Completely the, that's the beauty of where you are now. And I think I, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I think that's where the reason why you are where you are is because you had that that feeling of. It's not okay if I don't know everything. I want to know as much as I possibly can so that yeah. if I do become a coach or if I'm in a game and I need answers, I can answer them for myself. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. like uh, you're your own coach sometimes. Yeah. You have to be able to step back from the situation and break it down because, I mean, as we all know as goalkeepers, you're kind of back there by yourself sometimes. And, you know, not every program has a goalkeeper coach. So being able to kind of take a step back, coach yourself through the situation and kind of recognize those pieces um, is important. Now, you're such a mature individual for your age. Thank but, you. But, I mean, you're such an accomplished coach at such a young age and still playing at an elite level. Is that difficult for you sometimes? Because I don't want to say that there might be people that you're working with who are trying to give you coaching advice or whatever who might not have the same coaching experience as you, but you, you, you could be in that type of a situation. Um is it is it was it hard at first to kind of humble yourself and be like you know what I could still learn from this person too? I'm guessing no because you're such a darn <laughs> mature person and probably not the idiot I am. So no, um, I think you know I was fortunate enough growing up to be surrounded by a lot of great individuals and not just great coaches. But one of the things that Tony always told me is that everything is a learning opportunity. That you should never stop learning. The minute you think you're done learning, you got to turn around and start over again because you missed something along yeah. the way. Um, so that was huge for me and for me as a player or as a coach it doesn't matter if I'm having a conversation with somebody that um, you know just started coaching or is coaching at a, even a you know a rec level or youth level or somebody that's coaching for a US national team like Blocko there's always something to learn I think that's kind of the beauty of the game and the beauty of coaching is that everybody can have their own style and everybody can be themselves in their own type of coach and there are pieces that you can take away and pieces you can give um, with everybody you interact with just as the game evolves your coaching style evolves and you know you just keep moving with the game and picking up pieces where you can yeah i'm gonna say that like even at mike knows this and i tell mike all the time like oh why am i gonna go to this i already know that <laughs> and he's like just go and you're gonna learn something like if anything you're gonna learn how not to do something right and it's it's crazy because you'll you know for something, you know, genetics-wise, you can have a twin brother, twin sister. You guys aren't the same. Like, even though you guys Absolutely. look the same, there's completely different things. Yeah. So even with coaching, like, you guys can come from the same pipeline and, like, same, you know, system. But your mindset and how you approach the game, your interpretation can be completely different. And that's the beauty of it. Like, you and I can look at the same drill, a goalkeeping drill. And you can say, oh, I saw this, this, and this. Right. And me, I can go, oh, I saw this, this, and this. And then it tells me what your priorities are as yeah. a coach based on what comes to your mind first. And I go, oh, wow, okay, well, that's... That's Tristan's methodology. That's what she saw. Why didn't I see that? Right. And then now you have that self-talk. And again, you have problem solving that you're going through in your head. And what is goalkeeping? Problem solving, decision making. And then from there, you have an informed decision right. to, make the, to make the right decision. And I think that's the beauty, again, of coaching while you're still playing. Yep. And again, like being able to play while you become a coach because it fits both, um, both agendas, I feel. I agree. Completely yeah. agree with that. So let's, let's talk about playing a little bit here, yeah. Tristan. Let's, 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 let's uh, go a whole 180 right <laughs> here. Uh, so it's so funny because the thing is, is that you're so soft-spoken and mature and all that right here. On the field, I don't want to say you're out of your mind, <laughs> 
but you're out of your mind. Like you <laughs> are you. fearless. Like, I appreciate that. I literally was t- telling Omar the other day. I was we were we were watching so, some of your footage, and I was like, she she doesn't give up on a play. No, she does not. He did say that. I'll I'll, I'll vouch for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, she does not give up on a play. I mean, I was like, some people would just be like, well, that's good enough. That's good enough. Like, or or you know what? I I don't think my body needs to go through that right now. And you just do, you just do not. I mean, and just. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> It's so funny because it's like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of situation right here, you know? Com- two completely different worlds. Did you feel like when you're playing, it allows you to be a completely different person than when you're coaching? Yeah, and I think you you have to be a little bit, especially in our position. Um, I like to consider myself a pretty aggressive goalkeeper, um, and that's how I love to play. Um, but as a coach, I understand that not every goalkeeper is like that, and that if I'm super aggressive as a coach, that my message isn't going to get across to everybody. You know, not everybody resonates with that coaching yeah. style. And um, so for me, yeah, you have to be a little bit different. Um, but I think anytime you step on the field, at least for me, it's it's about consistency and, and being that aggressive player. And I, you can ask my teammates. I tell them before every single game, I'm going to do absolutely everything I can to keep that ball out of the back of the net. I don't care what it takes, but I'm going to do it. So Speaking of being a little different, I see everybody starting to walk down from a uh, registration and they see <laughs> us and they're like, dude, what is wrong with the goalkeepers? <laughs> like the convention hasn't even started yet and they've already been doing podcasts. Like there's something there's something wrong with them in their heads. Hey, uh, we're all a little crazy. We <laughs> that's are, what makes us awesome. That's what makes us awesome. That's what's, that's what's so cool. And, you know, you were talking a little bit about Soccer Plus and the whole goalkeeper coach um uh, camp, not coach, the camp mentality and then that whole environment. We had the fortunate to, to go to camp shutout last year. Yeah. Uh, Stan Anderson's camp shutout and, uh, you know, spend a week there. Have you done, did you do every year we gone to camp I have shutout? not done okay. camp shutout. I've heard okay. a lot about it, but I've not. Yeah. It's, it's cool. A plug. It's fun. <laughs> it's, it's straight up a plug, but I mean, soccer <laughs> plus best. is great too, but, uh, just that environment of being around a lot of different goalkeepers, you know, saying we're all a little bit different. Do yeah. you think that's benefited you as a coach? The fact that you've been around so many goalkeepers as opposed to just, you know, just training the ones in your local area you've been exposed to so many different types of goalkeepers yeah absolutely and I think that's the environment we're trying to create at PS90 as well is that you know goalkeeper family you know we want to create a family um, environment where we meet our players and our parents where they're at but that you know we want to create a year-long connection with them and not just the one week at summer camp Um, but we want to keep that connection going and want to stay a goalkeeper union and I think for me growing up through those camps you know it's like we talked about with coaching. You can kind of pick things from different people and help build your game and your repertoire a little bit. You learn a little bit from everybody and everything. So that's it's definitely been helpful in my playing career and, and my coaching career as well and something that we want to continue to carry on through our camps. What uh, what about – let's talk about tomorrow. Tomorrow's yeah. the NWSL draft. Is that one of the most exciting days of your life? It's very exciting. It, you know, it's a little nerve-wracking, I think, for everybody just because – when you grow up through the game and you, you're looking to play at that next level, wh- whether it's going to college or playing w- WPSL or whatever league you might be in, um, you, ca- you get to kind of be your own advocate through it. You get to call coaches and you kind of you know, tell your story and stuff. Well, with the NWSL, you fill out your profile, you enter the draft, you register and everything, and then you're kind of relying on the soccer community to vouch for you. You know, It's not you as a player calling coaches, it's, okay, now other coaches you know calling coaches your your college coaches calling the coaches and um it's about who so you know at that point <laughs> yeah it's yeah, a little different <laughs> yeah. you you were considered homegrown right so you didn't get to enter to the draft um they my coach put my name in the draft but like it, it, it wasn't gonna it didn't come to anything yeah i mean we had a i had a really i had a good i got a i had personally a good senior year i won goalkeeper of the year 
but it wasn't uh, like our team didn't do well enough for it to be like national news. So it wasn't really, and to me, I was also kind of like, ah, be sick if I go, but if I don't go, whatever. Yeah. And I think it's it's just different. I think personalities for me, I was kind of over it. Yeah. And not because I didn't think I was good enough, just because I was burnt out. Right. And there's a reason why I'm in coaching now, because I still yeah. loved it, but I was just also at the point where I was like, ah, physically, I can't do this anymore. Right. And psychologically, I think I need a break. And yeah. God gave me a break with a torn ACL, unfortunately. Oh, so when I tried to come back, it was just like I'm going to this open trials. Yeah. And it was just the most awkward thing because I'm like, I know I'm better than everybody here, but I'm also like, I'm, I have to be a number. You know, I'm like a yeah. number 304. And it's like, that's yeah. it. So it's tough. But yeah. take it. I tell her like, it's it's take it for what it is. Right. Enjoy it. Whatever happens, happens. And just know that your career doesn't start that day or doesn't Absolutely. end that day. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunities right after. And I know a lot of guys who – um, got into the draft, didn't make, did it, went through preseason, didn't make preseason. Then right. they stayed in the USL system, or they went overseas, and now they're playing in the MLS. Right. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy how all of that kind of pans out. Right. Yeah. Let, let's talk about, let's talk about overseas because that's an opportunity now to a lot of women as well too. Yeah. Is, is going overseas, and you talked about, that's that's something that you've thought about as well too. Um, it, where are are there any countries that you specifically, you know. I don't want to. I don't want to give away, you know, because who knows what could happen tomorrow, type <laughs> of a thing. But are there any countries out there that you know you feel fit your playing style? We were going to draft her, but she said Australia, so yeah, we're going to go ahead and yeah, just, yeah. Uh, let her do that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll wait until uh, after tomorrow. <laughs> why, don't, why don't I not bring that question up? That, that's a terrible question, Michael. What are you doing no, to yourself? No, you're, you're literally fine. hurting her her uh, draft stock. Don't no, do that. no, you're good. Um, I think goalkeepers are in a unique position with the draft because. Like we talked about earlier, there's there's nine teams, and so there's few spots. I think we're in a unique position this year because of the Olympics coming up. So there there are going to be a few spots that open up for yeah. reserves, but you know not a ton. Um, so yeah, overseas is a great option. I've started to look at a few opportunities over there: um, Sweden, Finland, Australia, um, France, yeah. even. So just I'm leaving my door wide yeah. open you for get, opportunities. You gonna room, room, roomies with Fallon? Maybe you yeah, never so know. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Fallon, to Liz Joyce out there. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, I know uh, we're 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 exhausted. It's it's been a long day and stuff like that. But but before we finish wrapping up, also because the battery's dying out right here, um, let's talk about thirty under thirty program. Yeah. Um, you talked about it earlier in regards to what it is. How if there's anybody out there listening. Uh, if there's anybody out there listening <laughs> who would like to apply for the 30 under 30 program, I would. Uh, how do you apply, and and and, um, and and what's that that whole process? I know you, you talked, you know, in regards to it's more about you know your character and, and as opposed to who you know and that sort of stuff. But there is an actual application process, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my suggestion would be just stay, stay tuned into the United Soccer Coaches website and their announcements um, that come out through the summer and the fall. Um, and just be kind of Johnny on the spot with it. Um, you know, tell your story. Don't be afraid to tell your story. Um, you know, people want to hear how you got to where you where you are. And um, so share your story. Um, turn in the application. And, you know, you just kind of wait to see what happens. I think there are a lot of great applicants every year. And I think that there are a lot of great er, coaches in our country. And... Uh, I think there's a lot yeah. of great countries too. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> a lot of great countries. A lot, yeah. of great, a lot of great countries out there, including all great. Finland, Sweden, and Australia. Yeah, I'll just uh, plug and those the United in States right guys. there, <laughs> and the United States <laughs> out there. Um, let's talk about goalkeeper licenses and how valuable they are. Yeah. Um, you know, we, I've had some conversations with some goalkeeper coaches, you know, uh, recently, who said, "Man, I wish I had started getting my licenses earlier because I'd be farther along and that sort of thing." Um, there's never t too late to to start getting your licenses. We Absolutely. recently. 
Uh, actually, Omar was actually there, and, and he was he was present to the uh, goalkeeper level one and two that was being offered through United Soccer Coaches and uh, with with a grant to um, you know um, Beverly not Beverly Hills sorry South LA AYSO in collaboration with Beverly Hills AYSO for for rec coaches to learn a little bit about the position. Um, do you feel getting the licenses is so integral for you to to get your coaching career on track? I think it's great. Okay. I think that, um, you know, I obviously started getting my licenses really young, which helped me quite you, a bit. You got your first license at what, 14? Yeah. Okay. 13, 14 probably. So like, yeah. Jamie, like Jamie Campbell. Yeah. So shout out to Jamie Campbell. Jamie Campbell was taking the goalkeeper level one and two yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago. That's the crazy part, though. It's like I've been doing it for a few years, and now her and I have the same license. <laughs> yeah. So on paper, we're very equal. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I mean? That's like that's been my that's been my like only negative thing to say. Omar, you've that. never played for the <laughs> U15 girls national team. So. You know what? I have not. She does have that on me. So. <laughs> but yeah. No, you're right, though. And I think that's for the only negative thing I've always said is just like it's expensive. Sometimes it can be difficult to like, you know, be convinced to do that because yeah. of like there's just a lot of other resources that you can go to and get right but at the same time too i've been through a few workshops now and things like that and i'm like yeah i could probably learn a lot and it's yeah. like it's a good thing so absolutely yeah. and i think you know with ps90 we're working to get more coaches on the the licensing pathway and um the other thing we've done is we've partnered with soccer girl props and so no way yeah so soccer girl props is huge yeah, yeah so it's it's very exciting can you get them to tag this that'd be great that would be fantastic <laughs> i'll see what you i can do four probably. million subscribers that'd be <laughs> there huge. you go no we partnered with them and um this summer we'll offer the first fully female staff and camper residential program in the country no way yeah and one of the things we want to do with that is we want to get more female coaches on the or female players on the coaching path and so um you know we're working with united soccer coaches to figure out how we can do that and how we can integrate our two programs um to get more women involved with coaching because i think we can all agree that there's a little bit of a disparity between you know male and female representation yep. in the coaching world and, and we want to look at us we know we're men <laughs> <laughs> no uh we just you know, we want to help bridge that gap a little bit more and make sure that, you know, girls get in front of strong female role models and um, are in front of people telling them, as Tony did for me, that, hey, this is an opportunity for you and this is something that you can do and it's, you know, it's available. Let us help you. Um, let, let us mentor you yeah. through this process. So for sure. So before we go, what, is, what are you speaking about tomorrow? Um, so I'm actually just introducing some okay, presenters. Okay. Um, Tomorrow, though, I will be helping Tracy Noonan um, in her session, her field session at 1.30. So you guys should all come out and, and see her. Which, which, which session is gonna be that going to be again? Um, it's going to be Attacking the Breakaway. Oh, yes, that's right, Attacking the Breakaways. Yep. And then we're going to have Tracy right after that session yes. on the podcast. So that's, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Good yeah. Good luck sliding on that turf out there. Oh, yes. Oh, it's going to be rough. <laughs> that's all right. It's all right. I've, I've demoed at, at a few conventions now. So. Oh, okay, good. So your season's, we'll, yeah. We'll be good. Yep. <laughs> Tristan, if there's any young ladies out there who are listening to this podcast right now and uh, they want to start coaching you know early in their career maybe they're still still playing still playing in high school or maybe even middle school what's your best advice to them do it absolutely do it um, you know get a planner because <laughs> time management is everything especially if you're still playing but um, no I would say if you're gonna do it just um, you know go into it knowing that you're gonna get some pushback but you know, one of my, I guess my business mentor, what he told me is, you know. Wait, you have a business mentor? I do. Yeah. It's been really, oh he's been awesome. His name is Doug Kenny. His name is Warren Buffett. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, his name is Doug Kenny. What we don't know about Tristan is that she's the most successful person in all of America. No, no, that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> no, um, it, he's been awesome. And 
with working with us with PS90 and um, you know I don't know everything in the world and um, you know especially the business world so he's been he's been a great mentor for us with that um, but one thing one of the things he told me was you know if somebody tells you no either they're not ready for what you have or they're not listening so you know people are gonna you're gonna get pushed back with whatever you're doing but please just go and do it put your head down and grind um, the other thing is you know find your unique coaching style don't try to do what everybody else is doing because then you're just gonna do what everybody else is doing you're only gonna be as good as everybody else find what makes you unique as a coach in a way that you want to impact the game and make the game better um, and just go with it believe in yourself believe in what you're doing believe in your philosophy you know your playing ability your coaching ability and just go for it you know and I wasn't gonna make a snide remark right here I want was gonna bring up Omar's YouTube videos from a good standpoint <laughs> in regards to the fact that like you're talking about unique things that you bring to the table yeah Honestly, I've never seen anybody who can do what he can do out there. I Thank mean, it's you. absolutely <laughs> phenomenal it. how you break down the sessions, and it's not just candy, right. you know, for, for people to watch and, and say, oh, this is so cool, I want to do jump around and stuff like that. But you literally are so good at being clear, concise, and direct and giving specific activities direction and a progression that makes a lot of sense for everybody to, who's, who's watching it out there to follow. Yeah. And the conversations that follow on the YouTube and the Instagram are fantastic from, from the younger goalkeepers, you know, and older yeah. goalkeepers, yeah. you know, who are listening. So that's, that's something yeah. that you bring to the table, you know. So that's an example right there, everybody, is that things <laughs> like that. No, but I think yeah. that's, um, that's a really good point because, like, the thing is that, at the beginning, I was not that I was shy about it, but I was yeah. also like, what do I have to offer that no one's ever done before? Right. And that wasn't like a, that wasn't like an idea. I didn't ask myself with a positive, like a optimistic yeah. response. It was more of like, okay, I don't have anything to offer compared to anybody else. And then I started doing um, these videos and people would give me feedback and say, hey, like, what yeah. is it? Like, why are you doing this? Like, what's the reason behind it? And sometimes it was like negative feedback and sometimes it was positive feedback. But I, I always try to take it in stride Absolutely. and try to take it with, with constructive criticism. Right. And I'd go, you know what? I've never actually thought about why I do this. Mm -hmm. Let me actually think about that. I'll get back yeah. to you. I didn't say that. I'd say, yeah, you know, what? give me like five minutes. I got I got I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm walking my dog. I'm doing something. So let me call you back. Right. So I, I, then I would think about it. And then once you start really reflecting on your own yes. stuff, then your philosophies become refined. Absolutely. And as you become refined, then you start going, wow, now I've gotten to a good foundation of what I can offer or what I'm good at. Yeah. Now, let me see if other people I can offer them like, you know, assistance or I can offer them help. Right. And people will watch my videos and say, hey, I love what you do. And then I look back and I go, damn, like, I no one no one's telling me this like five years ago or three yeah. years ago. But because I just kept on going and grinding, getting that constructive feedback, absolutely, learning from different coaches, being open-minded. Yes. Like you said, you have very good mentors, and I think that's the importance because they've been through it as well. Right. They've been broken down, and then they had the awareness to bring themselves back up. Yes. And I think that's, like you said, it's very important to um, put yourself out there. Yeah. See what you're good at. You're going to get some uh, pushback. Yeah. But at the end of the day, as long as you can stay the course, yeah. you're good to go because that's where the development comes in, and that's mm -hmm. where your actual maturity comes in. I agree, and I think going along with being reflective and you know looking back and, and at other coaches learning from other coaches I think for me what helped me a lot too was looking at the coaches that I had through my youth career and what I liked and, and what exactly you know may have not resonated with me as well um, and how I could apply those things to my own coaching style and whether it worked for the players I was working with or not and I think that was great I think you know the other piece of advice I would give to young girls or young players trying to get into coaching is you know find somebody who's coaching right now mm -hmm. that you know you kind of look up to or you, you enjoy watching their teams play because yeah. 
I think you can learn a lot from watching other coaches coach and whether it's in your community or it's a professional coach or just someone you know you're watching in the Premier League on TV um, you know find somebody to watch I think you can learn a lot from that I feel like a lot of people just learn from watching your sessions as, as <laughs> yeah. not, not like not, I'm not talking about players I'm talking about coaches yeah. right, we've absolutely. actually had coaches come up to you and been like oh I used your activities that I saw online and they actually benefited me in my sessions yeah that's the the beauty I think of checking your ego at the door that's one yeah. thing I credit Mike in terms of like my maturity and like you find mentors all around and right, I think the, the mentors that you really pay attention to are the ones who are willing to tell you to your face what's good and what's not good yes and he was always just like hey I think ego wise you really need to understand that there's way more that you can actually learn from people than just what's in your head right because if you just keep it very tunnel vision it's you're only going to see what's in front of you or you're not going to see what's around you yeah and I think that's been like one of the biggest pieces of advice is like checking my ego at the door right. sometimes my ego is still there because I'm like yeah, I want I want respect, and that comes with territory right. as, as goalkeepers as well. Like I've just never gotten respect, so I've never worried <laughs> about that part. So you want people to to you know respect your work because at the end of the day, you know, as human beings, for us to kind of like continue in our lives, we need to get that like that feedback, and that positive feedback right. is definitely like in dopamine. It feels good, you know, you like yeah. it. Yeah. And I think that's the um, good thing is that you leave your ego at the door, and once you leave your ego at the door, then endless possibilities because you can tell me hey like I said you can look at you and I can look at the same drill Absolutely. and you interpret it completely different yep. same with coaching like I can say something and someone can ask you hey why did you say that or hey like is there a reason why when they made a mistake you didn't correct it and it's like well in this moment I'd rather let them continue to fail and right. then I figure it out but as a young coach and you think you know everything you're like I have to be the reason why they get this I have right. to be the reason why they fix it yeah and when you become the reason and you get stuck with that mindset at the end of the day, you're not, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting their development. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and then you watch other coaches and you say, oh, wow, I see why Mike did that. I see why yeah. Tristan did that. And then you go, okay, how can I implement that? Right. But a lot of people don't want to be okay with other people taking credit. When more often than not, no one even cares. Right. You know, we create these problems in our own head of like, right. if I use Tristan's like session, if I use like <laughs> her methodology, people are going to be like, you copy Tristan. When really... But it's You're not about you. It's about the it's about the exactly. players. It's about the players. Well, but it's hard. The same thing. But it's yeah. di it's difficult. That's what I mean. Sometimes I play that right. tug of war where I'm like, just go and see if you learn something. Right. Then I'm also like, I know it. Like I know what I'm <laughs> doing. But then it's like you're fighting yourself. But it's like yeah. those positive uh, voices in your life right. who give you that. Hey, I know you don't have this awareness now, but let me open and broaden your uh, horizons a little bit. Right. You show up and you go, wow, thank God I did that. And I think yeah. because of my because of other mentors in my life, you get that damn, okay, I should listen way more often. Right. I think that's what it is for the women's coaches as well. It's like, you guys have so much to offer. And, like, I know women's goalkeeper coaches that, like, people, let's say, the men, like, oh, I'm not going to be training with a woman. I'm like, go watch their sessions. Right. They're hard as, they're hard as hell. Like, yeah. they really, they, like, they, right. they'll tell you, like, you know, sometimes us guys, we can, with other guys, we can kind of, like, hold back a little bit because, like, hey, we've been there before. Yeah. But I've had female coaches who have literally told me, like, you suck today. Yeah. And it's all personality. And I feel like sometimes they offer a lot more than, like, other coaches do. Yeah. But I think they need to have that platform. And I'm really happy that you're right. doing that for them because Thanks. they need that little extra boost, like, like Mike and other people were giving me that extra boost. Yeah. And now I have that, that, found, that newfound confidence that I never knew I had inside of me. Right. Which I think you guys are doing that for me with women's coaches and I think in five ten years from now they'll look back and be on this podcast or be on other podcasts and say because of Tristan because of uh soccer girl props <laughs> like <laughs> because of like their you know their their kind of like path and that like kind of clarity that they gave us we're able to say sit here now and go we're thankful because of that so yeah but look at look, look at like I mean trailblazers I mean I don't want to say trailblazers in regards to the fact that like there are women's coaches out there but like what what Jill is built Jill and Maria built up yeah. at TKI Absolutely. I mean shout yeah. out to TKI and what they've done there in regards to people don't think of them as a women's goalkeeper right. program they think of them as a l 
goalkeeper program, like Absolutely. and one of the most legit ones out there. Yes, you but know? it's it's different, you know. Like I, I we talk about it all the time, and it's like the, like not male guilt, but you know what's going on, like the whole in the industry and stuff like that. When like you know men are being finally being accountable for what they what they do, and I think in terms of the perception, we're we're guilty of not allowing you know women to kind of like. Uh, not aspire to be more, but to give them credit for where it's due. Right. I think, you know, sometimes when I see Jill and Maria's work, I always share it on my story. I always share it like on my channel because I say, like, I don't give, I don't give a crap who you are. If you're bringing good content or you're bringing good ideas and like it's stimulating right. even me who I feel like I know a lot, it's stimulating my mind. I don't care. I'd rather give you credit for where, credit where it's due because like Mike always says, it's not about you. It's about the players and their development. Right. So to them, to me, it's like I'd rather put them on then put somebody else on who's like not providing value right. not because if they're a dude or have more followers because like i don't care how many followers you have if you provide good content and you're like a good person genuine yeah. i'd rather give you the credit because i know that your your heart's in it for the right reasons absolutely and i think that's what you guys are doing now is getting the people who might have the right their heart in the right place and yeah. like their ideas in the right place but don't have that confidence or right. the clarity of what to do and how to like go through the, the navigate through the process of it right. all you guys are giving them a straight path and i think that's huge and i think Thanks. like i said in five ten years from now there's any people who, who thank you and i think that's um it's all about execution i hope you guys kill it Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was, I was too busy, guys, paying attention to whether <laughs> uh, more people were, were going to other tables at Podcast Row than us to, to listen to what you guys were talking <laughs> about. I'm sorry. What were you guys talking about? Being selfish? <laughs> oh, saying yeah. Mike is no, a, oh, no. one of the best coaches. Not, oh, no, no, no. No, uh, no I, th I think you're absolutely right. I mean, just got to leave the ego, ego at the door. Create those opportunities for everybody. Um, in regards to from the women's thing, one of the issues, and this could be a whole other episode that we could have you back on to talk about, but so many young girls out there don't think there are opportunities for them to coach. Right. Because they, they see, whether it's been because of a lack of opportunities or just the environment they've been around, they've never seen women's coaches you know, working with them or at a, directors of a goalkeeping at a club or anything like right. that. And that's why you know, it's, it's so... It, it, I think regardless of gender or, or ethnicity or cultural background or, 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 or orientation or whatever, that sort of thing... Do you, we just need teachers, Absolutely. you know, so you have to recognize as yourself, regardless of, of, of what you of what you identify as, mm -hmm. is that do you bring something to the table as a teacher? And if you do, yeah. then pursue this. Right. Yeah. And it cha you change the narrative, too. Again, I, I, I've had female goalkeeper coaches who have trained me and like whipped my butt. Yeah. And I've had male goalkeeper coaches who I felt like I didn't get anything out of. Yeah. So there's no like typecast. There's no as I'm saying, like, unfortunately, throughout history, mm -hmm. like we all know, like male to female, how how kind of like. They, they treat women and women, you know what I'm saying? You know, right. I don't want to get through like the specifics, but <laughs> we know through generations how, how, kind of how that is at his thing. So for us to affect us, even a small population of goalkeepers and goalkeeper yeah. people who we know, like for us to be able to put you on the show, like even get you in a session one of these days, like get you, get you out there so that people know like, oh my God, these girls and like the future of US soccer is like very bright. And I think that's the important thing. And I think it's not even creating a narrative, it's just changing the narrative because of yeah. how, how stuck in the past it's been. Right. But there's a reason why we're the millennials and we're the ones who have like a, a progressive mindset. Yeah. And I think that is our, it's our responsibility to make sure that that's like a new narrative that's being created. So I think that's I the agree. important. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, I feel like I want to go to PS 90. I want to feature <laughs> PS 90. Like I want to do like some content. At you are always yeah. invited. Yeah. Let's do, I, I, I definitely want to do that. You know, um, our, our 
dates for summer stuff. Everything's going to go live on Sunday. All right. So. Well, then let's plug it then. Let's let's plug it yeah. and let's wrap this episode. Let's put a nice little bow on this uh, <laughs> this present that we got right here since you've got such a big day tomorrow. Uh, Tristan, if anyone wants to know more about PS90, Casey Goalkeeping, yourself, uh, where's the best place for people to reach out? By the way, how nice is it that you're not under that NCAA umbrella now where it's so scary on what you can say and what you can't say and you can't con- contact so-and-so and all that sort yeah. of stuff? You know, it is it is very nice. I My compliance office loves me because you know with creating ps90 and working with casey goalkeeping and trying to be a collegiate athlete under the ncaa rules it was very challenging oh, i'm and, sure and you know i was probably on the phone with my compliance office twice a day every day and <laughs> you know they love me but um you know now just to have the freedom to you know share what we're trying to do and you know where we're at with everything um and get paid. The world. That is nice. <laughs> <as> well. <laughs> you see what Odell Beckham Jr. did? No, no. no. So when they finished uh, the LSU won oh, the national I championship, did see that, yeah. he was walking around handing hundred dollar bills to the guys who had no more eligibility. No way. Yeah. So tomorrow after okay. you get drafted, Mike and I are gonna have uh, yeah. one dollar bills. hundred bucks <laughs> is like a little too much, but <laughs> five ten bucks, we'll we'll throw some at you and then uh, oh, no. go go crazy on TikTok we'll, or Vine. Throw some inside yeah, the eighteen fine. roughneck scarves. <laughs> <laughs> Hand them to every, every everybody who's walking by. All I the like NWSL. Uh, draft. Uh, is there? There's a. Is there a little green room? There's a little green room here for the draft, right? Is that? I is believe that so. Okay. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I believe so. Oh wow. You guys are looking for like the draft. Mike and I are looking for those sandwiches and free food. So I think that's the. Uh, Dude, that's we, all, we all have different priorities. That's my favorite days. part about that's the right. draft is the free sandwiches. We know your free priorities. Food. We yeah. do. We do. Yeah. yeah. Have your priorities in mind. All so. right. Um. All right, guys. That's all the time on Inside the 18 today. Remember, contact at insidethe18media.com if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion. Um. We already know where to reach out to PS90. If you're interested in goal, I almost said if you're interested in Goalkeeper Academy, but I just realized that that's not the name <laughs> anyway. Wow, this is the last episode right here. <laughs> um, if you're interested in Omar's Pro GK Academy, Pro GK Academy underscore on Instagram, and the YouTube channel is also Pro GK Academy. Yeah. Okay. Just said Pro GK. Once someone times they type in Pro GK, it always comes up. Like just like yeah. Comes up. yeah. And DM him if, if you want to. If you want If you're in the Baltimore area right now, if, if this goes out this week, um, if you want to train with him, shout him out. Or if he's in your area, DM him. Find out where he's going to be throughout the entire year, because uh, he's down to get a bunch of bunch of bunch of people together. Yeah, yeah. I love I love training and I love uh, just meeting new people and being able to go to different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Um, and that's the best part about it. And that's like the cool part about having social media, is that. You can influence more than just people that you know. Yes. And I yeah. think that's the, um, again, the responsibility that we have. And, again, it's just checking the ego at the door, making sure that you understand you're in it for the right reasons. We were talking to Danny uh, before, and he was just talking about how, like, a lot of the kids that go on to play pro, you understand, like, from, a, from the early days, like, they were really in it for the right reasons. Yeah. And they love goalkeeping. They love the process. They love all that stuff. So that's the cool part, and I think that's where – it's cool to, to do what I do. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And remember, guys, at Goalkeeper Podcast on all social media platforms, except for Twitter, which is Goalkeeper Pod, because somebody took a Goalkeeper Podcast. Oh, shoot. What a jerk. I know. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> what they're doing with it. Right. Have you checked? You I actually check. haven't checked. What if it's uh, what if what is Omar? What if Omar took Goalkeeper <laughs> Podcast? He just hasn't told you yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's had it this entire time. He's like, he's like $100,000 and I'll give it Omar to you. Omar leaves now. <laughs> all right, yes, all right guys. That's all the time on Inside. We're out. Later. Yeah.